welcome to Prince Track by Track, I'm your host Dan, and today we're going to be talking about The Everlasting Now from The Rainbow Children, recorded in uh, late 2000, uh, early 2001, and released on the 16th of October 2001. <laughs> on the track you have Prince, you have John Blackwell, and you have the Hornheads, uh, previously the MPG Horns. The track is 8 minutes 18, and joining me to talk about today is Russell Ivory. Hello, Russell. Hello. Uh, now, I feel like in terms of a genre, I feel like uh, Christian rock. Uh, kind of comes to mind. Um, this Christian, like the live, is Christian the, funk a genre? Because yeah, that would be maybe yeah. more accurate. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think the thing is, I've, I mean, I guess I'm only saying rock because there's like a guitar solo, like yeah, halfway through, that's true. Yeah, you know, which is kind of missing from a couple of the other kind of more um, funk based songs that are, you know part of this. These final three songs actually kind of almost form like a what, like one long twenty five minute song if you listen to them back to back. Um, so we're kind of in the middle of that. Um, we get a little bit of the audience noise from the previous track, I think. Is that right at the start of this track, or am I thinking about the end of this track? Um, um, it has of... it has audience noise pretty... Like, I want to say it comes up a couple of times, like in the middle, at the beginning. I think it's kind of throughout. Like, it sounds like people are chanting, we want Prince. Yeah. <laughs> well, he changed, his, he changed his name back, so people finally were allowed to say that name in his presence. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I mean... This is probably one of my favorite tracks on the album, just because, um, you know, it's kind of based just off the the kind of groove that Prince and John Blackwell do. Um, you know, John Blackwell, uh, you know, rest in peace, great drummer, um, tragically uh, died, I think, last year, uh, mm. probably earlier this year. Um, you know, was, I mean, I think a few years younger than Prince as well. So, um, mm. you know, but he's got such a great kind of drummer, um, very kind of versatile, you know, like the influence that he brought to this album uh, is kind of really felt. Um, most most of the albums have kind of like a, a jazz or a funk kind of flavor. And so this track, like you say, it is kind of very funky, um, but it's that kind of main drum kind of, the, like kind of the opening groove that is going throughout the whole song. Um, you know, all the way up until the point where Prince goes psych and then uh, kind of like they have the quick stop start, which, you know, happens about 30 seconds before the end, which is a fun little thing. Um, you know, cause, and, and the, th- the thing is as well, I mean, what maybe the one way I say like that this is kind of Christian rock is it kind of has that thing of where like the chorus suddenly becomes religious. And I think that's mm. the thing that is true of like Christian rock is like most Christian rock songs, they sound like they're about like love and, you know, kind yeah. of all this kind of. And then you get to the chorus and it turns out the person everyone's in love with is Jesus. And right. Right. And so I can't live without you. Like, yeah, yeah. where would I be? Without, yeah, all of that. Like it could if you're not listening that carefully, it's just a, a, a romantic love song. But yeah, upon yeah. closer inspection, it'll be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I see just, what you well, did. Yeah, you've, you've tried to sneak it past me. But all of a sudden, everyone's singing. I love you, Jesus. And you're like, yeah, hold yeah. on, this this song is taking a turn. Um, and I think that kind of that's this song almost kind of takes that pattern of like, Prince is is kind of talking. I mean, it, to me, it almost feels like a kind of like the early '90s, like Diamonds and Pearls type Prince, where he's talking about, you know, I knew this dude. He was very cool, you know. Like, it it kind of has this kind of like uh, the kind of this this kind of um, I don't know the fact the, the same kind of like um, way that Prince would have done songs on Diamonds and Pearls, where he was kind of telling you a story, yeah, um, and you think, oh, well, this is about this person who is this, and then as soon as you get to the chorus, things to get turned on their head. Well, um, I think I think he does start. It, it actually like I I went on a little bit of a journey with this song too from from the lyrics because he's you know he says I knew this dude he was very cool he used to rule until he went to school 
And I thought, yeah. so wait, he was a four-year-old? Like, that was rule? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And then, just as I'm like, I'm, I don't understand your story, Prince, because you're telling me about this really cool four-year-old that everyone just, like, bowed down to. And then he says, wait, wait, not a normal school that breeds a yeah. fool. So now I'm going, oh, okay, well, the age limits are different now. But what the one that teaches men aren't fit to rule. And then I was like, oh, he's talking about church. So he's kind of let you in already on like where this is heading on that. This is not a normal school, but one that teaches that men aren't fit to rule. So we're, we're, we're already pretty firmly in the religious uh, turf already. <laughs> but I think the thing is the way he sings it, because it's so breezy, you're, it, it you're not you're not really thinking. You're like, oh, he used to know this guy who was cool, something about school. And then, you know, he starts going, <laughs> I mean. I don't know the, the kind of the whole. That's when he took his pearly crown and raised it up and spun it to the ground. I'm yeah. like, okay. I mean, like, right. we're starting to <laughs> we're starting to go in a slightly odd direction here. Yeah, it like um, keeps. Yeah, I think it, it like keeps opening up. Like, this is not what you think it is. Like every every verse keeps getting a little bit stranger and stranger because that last one was like, oh, okay, and then yeah, the and I feel like also that pearly crown, even though it's not. I mean, I. I can't think of any sort of biblical pearly crowns that are necessarily like discussed, but it, there's something vaguely religious about it, right? Like there's something in its, it's sort of, I don't know, grandiose imagery <laughs> that feels very religious to me too. And but I, the weirdest, the weirdest thing is when I hear people talking about pearly crowns, I think about uh, pearly Kings and Queens, which are um, like, I mean, <laughs> they're like these people who are in the East End and they wear like clothing that is covered in a lot of kind of accoutrements. Hmm. Um, I, it's kind of like a Cockney thing. Um, okay. People who aren't familiar with pearly kings and queens will have to look them up. Oh, I think I, I think I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen that. Uh... They basically wear kind of like black clothing that has like lots of kind of like white kind of. Yes. I guess it's they're meant to be like diamonds, but I doubt that they are diamonds. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, given the amount of them that are on their clothing. Um, so whenever I hear that kind of pearly crown, I'm immediately thinking of Prince like down the East End. Um, like, and it, and it just doesn't make any sense. Cause I'm like, I can't imagine Prince walking into an East end pub and suddenly deciding to, you know, get in the piano and, and like play something for the pearly Kings and Queens. I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, that this whole kind of no longer led by the ways of man where he looked for the kingdom deep within. And that's when the drums in his head began to pound. I'm like, okay, all right. So I guess we're moving towards something. And then yeah. of course we get hit with the, the chorus, um, which I've got to say, you know, I'm not a religious person. Um, and obviously, you know, Prince, you know, was a little bit religious. Although at this point he was very religious. Yeah. Um, but but I, you know, like if someone were to tr attempt to convert me, I can imagine Prince turning up at the door with Larry Graham, you know, slapping his bass, singing, don't let nobody bring you down. Accurate knowledge of the Christ of the Father will bring the everlasting now. Join the party. <laughs> Make a sound, share the truth, preach the good news. Don't anybody let you bring you down. The everlasting. Now I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'm on board. Let's go. Like, there's, there's something. I mean, as you said those lyrics, there is one line that just obviously stands out. Is a little clunky to me, and that is accurate <laughs> knowledge of Christ and the Father. 
Which does feel a touch shoehorned in here, doesn't it? It's like... He does sing the words accurate knowledge very quickly. Yeah. Um, he, almost to kind of squash one of the syllables that's in there so you, so you can get it to fit in the line. Yeah, actually, um, I, I heard the Christ and the Father part as I was listening to the song, and I never understood that until reading the lyrics. So I... I I yeah, he definitely squishes it up a bunch, and reading it on the page is very awkward looking. But I mean, I you know, I like the whole you know, don't let nobody bring you down. I mean, you know, that's 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 a nice that's a nice sentiment. You know, Prince says it twice in the chorus. Um, I'm he's never. I mean, I'm never clear on exactly what the everlasting now is. Um, but that's one of the elements that is you know part and parcel of the Rainbow Children, which is Prince has invented a bunch of stuff um, that is not related to Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, but that that he's just made up as his own mythology, <laughs> and I think the everlasting now is part of that mythology, and so you just kind of have to go, okay, Prince. I right. mean, you know, um, and also it's worth saying as well. Obviously, you know, like the the whole Jehovah's Witness thing was uh, like the a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses themselves were puzzled by this album because Prince did inv- like invent so many things that kind of went on top of what was already, you know, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a line in one of the songs where he says, you know, willing to go door to door. So obviously, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of directly related mm-hmm. to what Jehovah's Witnesses do. And obviously, you know, the whole preach the good news. I mean, that's, that applies to any kind of Christians that, uh, you know, are meant to proselytize. So that's not, that's not unique to Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, but the, the, the phrase obviously that you didn't hear because they squished it, which is accurate knowledge of Christ and the father. I think that is trying to get at the fact that obviously Jehovah's Witnesses you know, I mean, I guess most people kind of know they don't celebrate birthdays, they don't celebrate Christmas, um, they don't believe in crosses, bizarrely enough. I mean, um, mm-hmm. so I think that kind of accurate knowledge suggests that the only way for you to like get proper Bible education is to become a Jehovah's Witness, because they're the ones that know something that you don't know. Right, um, right. And so, you know, it's nice that he kind of manages to fit that in this song, even if it is the clunkiest line, possibly in the entire song, where it's just like <laughs> quickly squished in there with accurate knowledge. Because he's saying it's, you, you can't just become a Christian. You have to become a Jehovah's Witness right. to kind of get the inside track. Um, but, you know, which is which is I think that's really the only kind of thing that in this song you could say really relates to, you know, being a Jehovah's Witness. Um, you know, well, and I, of... I assumed the idea of everlasting now, I mean, is also, I mean, it's a, it is a cool phrase. I mean, when I heard, read the title of the song, well, first I actually, I saw the song length and I thought, oh, more like everlasting song. Um, when I saw that, that was my first snarky thought. But I mean, then I started just thinking about the idea of, of now, like this moment lasting forever. I'm like, that's a really cool poetic idea. Um, just, you know, it sort of just sounds like, you know, actually something more Eastern of like living in this moment forever or, you know, like there is only now kind of idea. Um, And then when you bring in the Christ and the father and the Jehovah's witness witness side to it, it actually becomes a little more just like, Oh, is he just talking about like heaven? You know, it it actually maybe brings it down a little bit for me from (laughs) it's where it was maybe a little more interesting without that connotation. Um, Yeah. But I mean, especially like accurate knowledge of Christ and the Father will bring the everlasting now. It's like, well, what is everlasting in Christianity is, you know, heaven. And, and, and so that that's kind of where I assume. And it's like it's like heaven's a party kind of thing is sort of the vibe <laughs> I'm getting from it. You know, join the party, make a sound. Although that made me laugh, too, because I was talking with um, somebody who was raised a Jehovah's Witness recently 
And um, we were talking about how, like, kind of quiet the services are, um, which I didn't realize uh, until sort of recently. You know, I, I didn't know much about actually what, apart from the door-to-door -door and the birthday stuff, I really didn't know a lot about Jehovah's Witnesses. So, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was interesting that, you know, for this, this song that's all about, you know, it sounds like, you know, this the, the what he's selling me is probably not what I'm going to get when I go to my local uh, kingdom hall or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think, I, like, you know, obviously when people think of, you know, kind of like uh, services at black churches in America, you mm -hmm. do think of it being, you know, uh, very kind of musical and, you know, the kind of the big choirs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you certainly don't think of like, you know, quiet contemplation. Right. Um, so, and this song, it, and the weird thing is that it almost feels like if you kind of removed some of the funk elements a little bit, this could work as a gospel song. Hmm. Um, you know, but like the weird thing is you would never hear that in a, in a kingdom hall. So, <laughs> so it's, right. kind of, it's <laughs> like, it's not like Prince is actually kind of almost pitching this to Jehovah's Witnesses and going, look, why don't you sing my songs? Because they'd be like, we don't sing, you know, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know we are notoriously known for not being partiers like that's that's the whole thing so um but yeah i, I mean the thing is like i not like i obviously whoever this this dude is that prince knew who was cool um you know prince tells us that you know at an early age this brother on stage was all the rage which i you know i, I do kind of like where he just keeps doing easy well, rhymes well once um, it got to this point i realized oh the dude is prince right yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, I think it's funny because it's like, you know, this is the point where Prince has changed his name back. So there's, you know, he could easily like, you know, call himself Prince or refer to himself as Prince. But yeah, right. he does this weird thing of telling the story about Prince when he's he's called himself. Like if he was symbol, I could understand him taking this standpoint because that makes sense because you can't say his name. But right. now he's back as Prince. I'm like, why does he just admit it's him? Yeah. Um, you but know, I think, I don't yeah. know, I kind of like that. Like, it's kind of thing, like, I knew this guy, you know, who, and then it's like, <laughs> turns out to be the, the person who's telling the story. Like, I get it. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, and, and, I, and I guess maybe because I, I did also go on this, like, legit journey with him where I was like, okay, you knew this guy. And then, like, by the time he said the thing about him on the stage, I had that thing like, oh, it's you. I see. And especially just knowing about his conversion, it also yeah. makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't know. It just it's it reminds me of of like the school assembly where they bring in some guy who's like, yeah, I knew someone who was really cool, and he used to have all the girls and party all the time. And you know where he ended up? In the slammer. He went to jail, <laughs> and that guy was me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it does kind of it. The the funniest thing is it does kind of remind me a little bit of. Um, in the episode of The Simpsons, Homer the Heretic, where you think Homer is trying to remember Jesus, but he he he's like going, you know, that guy, he had the long hair. And then it turns out he's not talking about Jesus, but the description he's given up to that point sounds... And that's what it sounds like here, where, you know, Prince is saying he changed the funk and put it in a bag, and he changed the colours of the flag. And, and it's like, okay, what's it? And it's like, you know, all the cars and, and all the women that you laid mess with the flag, and, you know, to them you're still a spade, which is... I mean, Prince very rarely acknowledges his race. So the fact that, you know, he's bringing it up towards the end of this kind of, this second kind of verse yeah. is kind of interesting. Like the fact that it didn't matter if he was famous, people were still kind of like judging him by his skin color. Yeah. You know, which kind of comes out of nowhere because then we're straight into the chorus. Again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Back to fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Like it's it's almost like Prince is kind of talking about you know no matter how successful he was, like people would still kind of you know um, be racist to him, which. You know, sadly, it's still something that's true today. You know, there are so many stories of like, you know, high profile athletes or, you know, high profile. Well, like Prince, you know, musicians or whatever who, were you know, are pulled over by the police or, you know, who are kind of. And and it's like, you know, it's like the amount of money is not going to protect you, which I guess is kind of almost like Prince saying it doesn't matter how famous you get. So long as you're a Jehovah's Witness, everything will be OK. Which Yeah. You know, it feels like he's kind of turning the message a little bit there, but. Yeah, he goes back to the chorus uh, once again. Um, and then he, <laughs> he kind of then tells like uh, some kind of morality tale in the middle of this where he talks about, you know, this girl in the make-believe world with plastic boobs and clip-on curls. Yeah. Um, which, you know, <laughs> see her see her big butt twirl, which I like that he's got these rhymes. This is the, you know, there are dreams that never, that, that like, uh, that do unfurl. Like, I'm not 100% sure that he knows what unfurl means. Because mm. I think he's trying to imply that the dreams have fallen apart, but um, mm. you know, it, it kind of, uh, you know, and then of course he says, "Electric beaches, skin do bake, vanilla fudge and wedding cake." If you die before you wake, you got any last request to make? And you know, that's obviously where we kind of go to the the kind of guitar solo. Um, but you know, I, like incorporating a little bit of the kind of if you, if you die before you wake, you know, like into this kind of you know funk song <laughs> i don't know i kind of i kind of just like how he's literally throwing everything in here he's just like you know he's got to make his point so he's just like here's all the examples he, he's 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 showing that how much he's grown to as a person from his conversion right like he has to um you know refute the old ways and say like no no i'm not all about the big the plastic boobs and and the fake um you know that fake lifestyle um, so that, you know, I, 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 it, it's, it fits into this like kind of Christian rock, uh, idea of the song as well, just in that he's, he's got to show us that he's now on a, on a higher level. Like he's, he's above all that, that, that sort of base, uh, bodily flesh, you know, pleasures of the flesh stuff, you know, <laughs> this, this does make me think though, is this a reference to Carmen Electra? Um, mm. Because obviously he had known Carmen Electra, um, you know, earlier in the decade. Um, and I mean, I'm, you know, uh, like kind of thinking of what Carmen Electra was doing t- at the end of the 90s, uh, possibly, I don't know, dating Dennis Rodman or something like that. Um, <laughs> but like she was, I mean, it's weird because for someone who basically, uh, you know, aside from recording one album with Prince, I don't know that I can tell you what Carmen Electra's purpose is. Um, you know, I guess she's an actress. I mean, I feel I like she hosted maybe. some MTV shows when I was yeah. in high school. Maybe I don't even remember now. She was like, I, she was a person, a TV personality with not any recognizable skills. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's funny that Prince kind of almost like uh, I mean, this is probably the harshest description he's ever given of anyone, where mm. he just says plastic boobs and clip-on curls and big butt twirl. It's like. Prince, it feels like you you really have like some kind of you've got something going on here where like you know Carmen Electra must have done something where you're like I do not approve of this anymore. But again, I guess that is him kind of showing that he can be disapproving of something that essentially I mean you know he went out with Carmen Electra for a few months in the early nineties, so you know obviously he would never like at this point he's basically saying I would never date someone like that again. 
yeah. which might be a bit of a kind of nod towards his his wife at the time, who you know was also a Jehovah's Witness. Maybe he's saying, "Look, that is all behind me. We do not need any of that anymore." <laughs> like, um, you know, and so obviously, you know, when Carmen Electra dies, she you know must have some kind of last request to make. Um, but yeah, and then we kind of get like the keyboard solo, we get like a kind of guitar solo thrown in there. Um, and then, you know, we kind of, we have this thing where uh, Prince calls out uh, John Blackwell saying, Johnny B, bring bring the beat, which, you know, it's nice to hear John Blackwell get, t- I mean, it's only like a, a couple of bars, but it's a little bit of like a, a kind of guitar solo, um, drum solo thing going on. Um, and then, you know, um, <laughs> we have we have this kind of weird little lecture where Prince is like, from this day forward till time's indefinite, those who love Christ are the ones who will benefit all the players' ice melted into one platinum chain and a downward spiral, it dropped down the chain. I think it's meant to be down the drain. I feel these lyrics are... I know. Yeah. I was reading that. I was like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. I was like, it would be Yeah, drain, I think it was right? down the drain. Yeah. I feel like yeah. the lyrics I'm using here needs to be corrected. But yeah, like, so he's basically saying to everybody else, like, it doesn't matter if you've got all this bling. Um, you know, that is the thing that will take you on a downward spiral. You know, I'm, mm. I I love Christ and therefore I am the one who will benefit. Um and then Prince kind of almost comments on maybe anyone who's criticizing the length of the song. And he, he kind of, we have this little stop and he goes, you know, this is funky, but I wish he used to play like he used to, old scraggly head. So he, again, he's kind of referring to himself in the third person and describing himself as an old scraggly head, which I don't know. And he puts on like a little voice as well. And, you know, and then he like, then he kind of brings the beat back in. Um, and we kind of get the chorus one more time. And I just, I mean, I, I kind of like the idea that, that Prince, I mean, it's very rare that Prince kind of does this kind of thing, but th- this is like the second or third time where he's done it, this, where he's kind of put himself down by his appearance. But also the fact that he's criticizing himself. He's saying, yeah, this song is very funky, but I would prefer that he did stuff from the 80s. And it's just like, I don't know, like, it's kind of funny that he, he he's like confident enough to be like, I can put this in. Don't worry. People people don't agree with this. It's like kind of a weird move. Yeah. Was the line about the chain? Is that the one that has the weird, like, lowered voice that that sounds like kind of creepy? Like, is that the but we're like, yeah, that's the line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I should have mentioned this is once again the return of the Prince slow down voice, which is all over this album. That is a character that Prince is playing called the wise one. Oh. Um, And so, yeah, it's part of the narrative that's going throughout the kind of the the concept of the album. So, yeah, um, it is is, like it's just it's just one of those weird things where he kind of keeps. um, And maybe that's why the person who wrote the lyrics misheard one of the words, because it is a little bit hard to kind of make out what he's saying sometimes. Yeah, I mean, the um, yeah. only word I think I understood when I listened to it was Christ. Like, it was yeah. the only thing that stood out. It was just like, and it almost, it made it almost feel like some weird, like, hidden satanic message in another, like, in a song. Like, the things that you're, like, supposed to be afraid of when you go to church. But instead, it was like, it almost feels like a secret Christian message embedded in a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is this is something that's on, like, a number of the other songs. Fortunately, like... It's weird because a lot of the songs Prince did this as like the introduction to them. So like kind of almost like a bridge between the songs where he had like the slowed down voice, um, you know, but here he just kind of puts it in the middle of the song, which is like unusual because normally they are, it either tops or tails a song because it leads into the next one, mm. um, you know. And, you know, we, I mean, we have the chorus and then, of course, Prince keeps replacing the everlasting now, the everlasting now. Now, when he does this live, kind of the repetition of the everlasting now is kind of his excuse just to kind of like 
jam basically yeah um and you know live versions of this song tend to be when they're not on network television they tend to be a little bit longer there was a version that he did on uh, jay leno which i think is about five minutes so he kind of cut it down a little bit but even then it's weird to see jay leno um, promoting uh live at the aladdin in las vegas which was the you know kind of gig that prince was about to do um it was only a few days after he performed on jay leno um but also it's weird to see jay leno <laughs> like now, like given yeah. that he retired like so, so long ago now. Um, but then, and then also the weirdest thing is that you like Jay Leno is like, yeah, I've got Prince on my show, and he throws to this like super religious funk song, and it's just like it's such a weird kind of like dissonance of like I'm I'm thinking if Jay Leno had known what song Prince was going to be performing, he'd been like, could we pick a different song? Can we pick something else that isn't like you know you know. I don't know, quarter to midnight or whatever time Prince is going on. Like, he's just doing this song lecturing people about Christ. Yeah, um, but I think it is easy to just hear the song and not even pay attention to, like, what he's saying. I'm kind of particularly bad at hearing lyrics, so maybe I'm just, this is how it reads to me. But, like, the first time I listened to it, I, I actually, when I was listening, I was making notes, and I wrote down, like, I have no idea what this song is about. Um <laughs> And then I listened closely. And I was like, "Oh, like I get, I get where this is. This is a religious song." And um, and then I kind of put it together. I was like, "Oh yeah, this was in that uh, Jehovah's Witness phase. That's right, you know." Um, so I, you know, for me, it took a couple listens. So I wouldn't be surprised if if he just snuck it by them that they just did not know. No, I mean, then again, I mean, you would think that if you're going to be on a TV show, someone's like, "Hey, can we see the lyrics?" Like they probably do ask that, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. I mean, again that that reminds me of. A scene from like uh you know the simpsons where you've got christy guts cancelled and that someone suggests the red hot chili peppers change the lines to give it away right. to make them more palatable um so yeah so I, I can't imagine someone looking at these lyrics and going to prince can you just tone down the religious stuff just a tiny bit jay's not really a big fan of people coming out and singing about christ so can we just but i don't think they would have i think they would have been probably fine with the, the, the yeah. lyrics you know, it's kind of kind a weird of... thing too just because of like you know we're a, we're a, we're a fairly Christian nation, you know. <laughs> um, probably yeah. a, pretty, a, a pretty big percent of the population probably watching that show would not object to those words or anything, and and some of them would be very excited to hear them on TV. Um, but then at the same time, there's that like mainstream Christian skepticism towards Jehovah's Witnesses too. That well, yeah, that's the, the yeah. I I think that I think that is a bit of an issue, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I, I don't know how they would go, because, but that also requires you to have a little bit of knowledge of what's going on in Prince's life at the moment. Like, I don't think if you just read these lyrics, you would know specifically that he's a Jehovah's Witness in any way. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and it was always like, they were basically a cult, you know, that was how it was taught to us. Like, oh, well, they're a cult, they're, that's a cult. Um, so yeah. they were they were pretty dismissed by, I think, a lot of, more mainstream churches so i don't know i mean i have news for literally everyone in america which is uh the roman catholics regard everybody else as not proper christians right so, right you know well and <laughs> and and news for them so do so do like that was also basically like uh you know be, being a catholic in the church i grew up was as, as good as being a hedonist you know like you, you know it's like they can drink what what <laughs> They drink in church as a part of the ceremony. What? This is crazy, you know. I was gonna say I don't, I don't, like I don't think that the performance would have, you know, really garnered that much kind of. I think people would have just watched it and they'd have been, I guess, 
falling asleep. I mean, you know, given how late those talk shows ended up going on. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. Um, this would probably, it started at 1130. He would have had another guest on. So this is, yeah, this is probably like, we're getting pretty close to 1230 by the time we even saw this performance is my guess. Uh, for me personally, uh, I mean, I would say four out of five. I mean, you know, like this is probably, you know, this is where Prince kind of started to turn it around a little bit. You know, some of the albums mm. he put out before this, he'd kind of, I mean, particularly Rave to the Joy Fantastic, he'd kind of seemed to be a little bit stuck. But with the addition of like John Blackwell and his conversion and his new wife, you know, he'd recently you know married a second time. I feel all that kind of started to push him back on the, the like the right road. Um, and I think that Rainbow Children is, you know, it's a really good album overall. Um, no, you know, but I think, you know, I, I don't think it really matters what he's singing about. If you just listen to like what John Blackwell's playing and what Prince is doing, like you could just listen to that on a loop yeah. for like 10 minutes and just be happy with that. It doesn't matter if he sings just that, like that groove that they start off with. You're just like, yeah, just keep playing that. I'm fine with it. You know? Yeah. Um, that beat, that beat is definitely what got me into the song and, and pulled me through for the entirety of its nearly nine minutes. Um, and, and yeah, I, I would agree with your four out of five. I, that's what I was kind of already thinking. I would probably give it two. Um, I think when I first started listening to it, it, it's a song that would typically be kind of a three out of five for me because I don't necessarily love these sort of jam tracks and I don't love nine minute tracks either of that. Like I tend to get a little bored and, and sometimes I feel like, okay, if you're going to spend this much time, you better take me some places over that time. And I do feel like the song delivers on that. Like it does go places. Um, there's, there's sort of enough of a climax to it that feels like, Oh, this, this feels like we have accomplished something by the end of it. And actually for me, like maybe the weird imagery in the song is actually also elevating it from a three to a four for me. Like the idea of melting diamonds into a chain that you that gets dropped on a drain is like that's a really great image. I really love that idea, and I love the weirdness of it. Like kind of gets into this like strange fantasy realm, and which is terrible. I'm calling somebody's religion fantasy, but I think that's sort of like <laughs> what attracts me to it is these ideas of like pearly crowns and diamonds melted into chains like it's just so like magical to me so i just like that uh, i like those images prince performed it live you know uh on jay leno in december 2002 like almost a year after the album had come out which is quite interesting um you know live at the aladdin was um like three days after that um you know he performed it on tour throughout 2003 and then into 2004 um, but the last time he performed it live was February 2004. So, you know, he performed it for a couple of years. Um, and as happened with a lot of the stuff from kind of around this era, after musicology, Prince kind of started dividing his set list between, you know, the current album and a greatest hits half. <laughs> so, um, you know, something off the Rainbow Children probably was not going to make it onto the kind of the greatest hits part for that because, you know, this album, it, it was mildly successful, but it wasn't what one would call a hit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of, I think it's thought of as the way you framed it as being his Jehovah's Witness thing. And, you know, like that's kind of what this album is kind of seen as, um, even though like most of the actual kind of stuff that is, you know, um, Jehovah's Witnesses related isn't really on the album. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you have to really reach to find it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and, the, and you know, the, there are a couple of live versions, um, you know, the Jay Leno one, but then it was on the One Night Alone Live, um, which is kind of roughly the same thing. It just turns it into a jam. Like, you know, Prince drops most of the lyrics. He just, <laughs> he just kind of, he invites people up on stage and they all just kind of dance around behind him while he's just kind of singing the chorus. And that's kind of like how it goes. Um, but, you know, it, that that seems to be what the song was based on anyway. It was just John Blackwell and Prince jamming. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I feel like we said about as much as we can about the Everlasting now. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Russell? Sure. Uh, check out my podcast, uh, Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at my name, Russell Irig. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter for Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure where you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Russell. My pleasure. And otherwise, goodbye.